Warning, some stories and information on Creepy Cheeseman may be triggering and are not suitable for all, especially young children. Please listen with caution. Thank you. Bienvenidos, if you're joining for the first time, my name is Lore and welcome to my creepy podcast, Creepy Chisme. And if you're back after hearing my intro episode, well, thanks for coming back. I just want to say thank you to everybody who reached out to me and reposted the episode or let their friends know about it. That really means a lot to me. Um, and also shout out, to, shout out to the Australian and the Norwegian who tuned into my episode. I see y'all, I see you. But seriously, like, just thanks for giving me a listen. I do want to let you know that I'm now available on more platforms. I'm on Google Podcasts, Breaker, um, Radio Public, as well as Pocket Cast and Spotify. And the more you guys listen the more streaming places I will be posted. So keep listening, please, and keep sharing, as well as any of those um, podcast sites. Can you please leave a comment? If you could just leave a comment or a review, rate the podcast. I mean, that will help me a lot. So thank you so much. It's really cool that I get to see like the analytics of the listeners I get. I got a decent amount of listeners of all ages and that was pretty great. Uh, I really thought I was only going to get about 10 to 20 listeners, but I actually got way more than that. So thank you out there, my creepy gente, for tuning in and I uh, hope you keep coming back. In just a little bit, um, my guest, yes, I have a guest. My guests will be joining for this episode. I can't wait to have someone to accompany me so that you're not just listening to my beautiful voice. It's nice to actually have a conversation with somebody. <laughs> it's really, really awkward trying to talk to yourself. I uh, do want to warn, though, before I get started, that some of the stories on this episode are very detailed and gruesome. So I'll do my best to warn you when to forward because the stories are good. The stories are very good, but I do want to put that warning out there um, and I'll do my best to remember to stop and do that for you. My guest for this episode is someone who knows me very well. We've known each other from high school and have been friends through thick and thin. We're more than friends. We're actually more like sisters, like family. She's my best friend. Regina Regina joining us all the way from Austin, Texas, everybody. All right, welcome, Regina. I know you're excited to be here because I you am. bought yourself a little microphone that you don't even get to use today. <laughs> so that's okay. <laughs> I did my best with the microphone. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about best friends who murder. And I chose that okay. topic, obviously, because you're my best friend, so no. don't get emotional. Should we take up murdering as a hobby, or? Well, according to these <laughs> stories, either you or I are going to want to murder each other, so. Oh, okay, then never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so these are two stories, though, like about really young kids. 
So, like, I want you to, like, think back to, like, high school, maybe, junior high. Do you remember a time where you felt like you were physically threatened by a friend? Um, not physically threatened, but I think there have been times where I've been really emotional about it, for sure. Did you ever want to kill anybody? Um... I'm going to say no for legal reasons. <laughs> so. so that's the difference. That's the difference between us and these girls is we didn't go out and kill anybody. So, so yeah. So, I mean, uh, we, right, we didn't. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> that we know of. One of these ends horribly, and one of these ends with a happy ending, sort of. And I'll explain that later. Gotcha. So... Let's start with Skylar Niece. So Skylar Niece and her friends, we have two girls. So we have Sheila Eddy and Rachel Schof. I think it's Schof. It's S-H-O-A-F. So, yeah, I'm not sure. (laughs) Who cares? We don't care. She's evil. We don't care. So. Oh, got you. Yeah, we only care about Skylar. So, these girls are in high school, Um, sophomore year, maybe junior year. Um, So, July 6, 2012, Skylar Niece disappears from her home in Star City, West Virginia. Classmates say, like, they're always together, the best of friends. And uh, her parents, Skylar's parents, even knew and liked them. So, I know you had strict parents, but... My parents always were super welcoming to my friends, mm-hmm. like you. <laughs> they, they still are. <laughs> Sometimes they like you more than me, but... Well, you know, can't help that. <laughs> so, like, her parents knew these girls. Like, they were good friends, right? Eventually, as it happens with friend cliques and friend groups, Sheila and Rachel grew closer and they kind of, like, you know, push Skylar aside a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say who, but yes. <laughs> I think you know. So <laughs> Sheila and, and Rachel, uh, they start experimenting with drugs like marijuana and alcohol and hanging out, like I said, more without Skylar, who was not a goody two-shoes, but she was smarter. Let's say she was smarter. So, the day after the night of the 6th, Skylar's parents get up, they get ready, and they leave without checking on Skylar because her door was closed, which obviously meant she was still sleeping. So, by that afternoon, her father goes into the room, and nobody's there. But, her window's open, and when he looks outside her window, there is a small, like, a little step stool under the window. It doesn't say if that's common, but the dad assumes she snuck out, so I'm assuming she's done it before. Yeah. Because he doesn't panic. Like, he's just like, oh, she snuck out. She'll be back later. Because she did have a shift at work. She worked at Wendy's. And her parents said she would never miss a shift at work. So he didn't worry. So that so the it's time for her shift at Wendy's and the job calls and they ask if Skylar's going to come in 
So now the dad is like, what the hell is going on? She would never do this. So they reach out to family. They reach out to her friends. But nobody has seen or heard from her. So now they're freaking out. I would be in trouble. (laughs) I was just about to say. Did you ever sneak out? Did you you ever sneak out? out of your window. How long of a fall that would be. In case anyone's wondering, my my house is like really high up. So to get out of my window would be like a jump and I'd probably break a leg. Yeah. (laughs) But you, on the other hand, I I don't think your windows opened that much, did they? Uh, No, they did, actually. I had an air conditioner right below my window, so whenever I would lock myself out my house, which was often, I would step on the air conditioner and just jimmy open the window. And uh, it was good when I was little, but as I got bigger and wider, that window wasn't very forgiving. (laughs) (laughs) But did you ever sneak out? No. Nope, never. Not just out the window. I was going somewhere and then going somewhere different. Yes. Yes, okay, that's what I thought. But no, no, never out the window. See, what people don't understand is Regina always looked like the good girl, right? And I always looked like the troublemaker. But it was the opposite. That's true. Regina was the bad (laughs) one. (laughs) And I was the one that was always like, no, don't do that. It was, uh, I think it was the dark eyeliner that made people think you were bad, then you weren't. Anyway, so, okay, so, parents are freaking out. Sheila, the friend, she calls to tell the dad, picked her up to hang out, but shortly after, I think she said shortly after midnight, they dropped her off two blocks from her house. She expressed her concern and worry about her dad to the, about her friend to the dad. If it's almost midnight, I would never drop my friend off two blocks from their house. Now, I just immediately think something is very shady. And then here's the other thing. So, first of all, how dumb. Because she's now putting her as a prime suspect because her and Rachel were the last to see her. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's calling the dad and she's like, oh, yeah, we were with her, but we dropped her off around midnight they probably thought that by saying that that would exclude them from looking suspicious or something like that but made them look more suspicious well this is an important this is important and you'll see why later so remember this okay so the parents finally call the police um the apartment complex did have surveillance and i'm wondering if the girls knew this Um, The parents request to see the surveillance tape from the night Skylar goes missing. And the video sucks. Of course, right? All surveillance Mm -hmm. is awful. I I don't understand how even in 2021, we get those grimy looking surveillance videos. Right. You think they would know how to make it a little bit clear. So the video sucks. And you, you, but you can see what we who we assume to be Skylar walk to a vehicle that pulls up and then leave the apartment complex because of the bad quality of the video they can't see the brand of car or the license and they could barely make out color of the car due to bad lighting and to bad just everything the video looks like shit does it 
did they record it on a potato? <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> they don't even know what color it is. <laughs> no, like, and it's on YouTube. Like, you can see the video. It's just, it's really bad. So Sheila claimed they dropped her off just after midnight a few blocks from the house. It shows Skylar get into this unknown vehicle around 12.30 a.m. They assume it was after her friends dropped her off. So the police say they can't do anything because clearly in the video, she voluntarily walks into the unknown vehicle. So now we have the case of a runaway. If you have a parent telling you that you know your kid is not a runaway, it sucks that they still have to treat it as a runaway for so many hours. I think it's like 24 hours. Yeah. Because that I... is a lot of time where something can happen. That makes me sad. It, it's awful. It's awful. I, I don't know. Even if it were a runaway situation, I think a parent should be able to just say like, hey, at least check up on them or find them and make sure they're okay. Like, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. But I really hate when they're just like, oh, well, let's give it 24 hours. So, yeah. yeah. So now they're saying she's a runaway because, yes, she does go into the vehicle. So now Rachel's been silent. That girl, I don't know what she's doing. Rachel's silent. But Sheila joins the parents in the front. Now, the whole town, the parents, everyone, they're looking for Skylar. So she joins in efforts to find her, and she helps. But my my girl Rachel over here, guess what she does? She goes off to church camp for two weeks. <laughs> yes. What a plot twist. <laughs> that definitely was not in church camp. Yeah. So her best friend is missing, and Rachel's got to go to church camp. Rachel's like, thoughts and prayers, <laughs> bye. Yes. Okay, so what I didn't write in my notes, but I remember because it's super important, are these two girls, Sheila and Rachel, are like huge on social media. And by huge, I don't mean popular. I mean like they're on social media all the time. So like Twitter... And they didn't mention Instagram, but they were really talking about Twitter, like, a lot and Facebook. So, like, these girls, their best friend is missing, okay? And they were the last to see her. But these girls are just living life. So, even, like, the kids at school, people in the town, their parents, they're just, like, show a little more concern. Like, but they're not. At the high school, because we all know high school, the rumors start flying. So <laughs> At this point, how long has she been missing? Because this is July. So she disappears in July. Uh -huh. And then lovely Rachel goes to church camp. That's two weeks. So we're probably like coming up on the end of summer, beginning of school, September, right? Kids go back to school in September. Because, August, September, yeah. Yeah, because like the whole high school's talking now. They think that maybe she partied too hard and some type of accident happened at the party. They think maybe she overdosed at a party and people hid the body, which, mm. <laughs> forgive me for laughing, but these are high school kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know. These rumor crazier than the last. <laughs> yes. Reminds me of like the Ferris Bueller. He was at 31 slavers last night. Me, me, me. Like. <laughs> But regardless, everybody's talking, so... Yeah. Okay, so law enforcement end up interviewing, finally, Sheila and Rachel, 
who oddly enough have exact identical stories. Very suspicious. Well, I mean, you wouldn't think it's suspicious, but to police, like, these two girls are telling the exact same stories. Uh Uh-huh. So the story is they picked up Skylar, they went for a joyride, they smoked, and then dropped her near her house before midnight. So they kept saying before midnight. That was the key for them. Uh-huh. But police still felt that it was a runaway, even after talking to the girl. But she never shows up. So time passes, and police are still keeping their eye, though, on two girls, Rachel and Sheila. Because they, they're getting a weird vibe, just like everybody else, like I said. Eventually, by looking at that video surveillance footage, they conclude that the car on the surveillance is very similar to Sheila's. And I saw a video, because like I said, the girls used to take a lot of like videos on social media. And if you look at the surveillance video, even though it's pretty bad, it does look like a silver car. Now the police are scratching their heads. So they question the girls several more times. And each time, the story stays exactly the same. So if we commit a murder, obviously we're going to make, <laughs> which would never happen. We're going to make a story that we stick to, right? Yes. And so like even, think. okay, so like when police interrogate people, even a week later, if the person, I mean, the, the person, whether they're guilty or not, their story changes because we tend to forget things, right? Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you give too much detail up front and then... They try and repeat it back, and you say you never said that. Well, these girls, it's exactly the same every single time. So that's weird. The girls start, their behavior becomes even more strange. Now everyone's looking at them for sure. So the girls said that they stood close to home for their joyride, their best friend joyride smoke session, whatever. Police get smart, finally. And they check out the cell phone records. I was just about to say. Yes. They check out the cell phone records. Look at that. (laughs) I don't know what's taking these police so long. And to be honest, (laughs) these these girls, they're young, they're pretty. And I feel like the police took their sweet time with this. So I truly think they thought she was a runaway. But these two girls now are being a little weird. So... The cell phone had pinged, and I'm not sure whose. It just said that one of the cell phones pinged 20 miles away from the town they lived in. The police then stood and searched that specific area, which was not a huge town. It was a little remote town. Because they checked surveillance anywhere and everywhere they could from the night that Skylar went missing. They found more potato footage. (laughs) Yes, they did. (laughs) (laughs) but no 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 no. they capture sheila's car on video at a convenience store okay so here's the first lie they finally catch her right like because the girl said they stood close to home but no they have it on video footage they are 20 miles away from home don't get mad but police don't tell the girls they don't tell them they don't tell them that they have them on video in this town Again, I repeat, the police are taking their sweet-ass time, and I don't know why. 
well, maybe they're trying to build a case. They that, don't want to tell them too much. Because yeah. then they could just, I don't know, drive away or go somewhere. I mean, yeah, maybe they're waiting for them to make, like, the first move, you know what I mean? Like, to mess up. But they do tell Skylar's parents. And the parents start pressuring the girls on social media. Now, I don't know what that means. I I don't think they're bullying them or harassing them, but it says that they get other people to follow along. So I'm assuming they're like, hey, you guys were the last ones to see her. You know something. And everybody's like on their case. Why don't they maybe care? They, maybe they weren't best friends. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, lovely little Rachel can't take it anymore. She starts breaking down. She starts acting super strange. Her parents say she starts acting like super bitchy at home. She's she's going crazy. She's literally going crazy. So police ask the girls to take a polygraph. So she, uh, Sheila, did you hear that? My voice cracked. I did. <laughs> Puberty. It's <laughs> very Michael Jackson. <laughs> so Sheila... She is like, I'll take it. Like, she even volunteered herself. She's like, I'll take the polygraph. Well, she failed. It was Rachel's turn. This is my favorite part of the story. Okay. Did she pray before her polygraph? No, 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 even better. So this is my favorite part. So her parents are taking her to take this polygraph. Rachel jumps out of a moving vehicle. Girl, what? And flees on foot. She just runs away. Now remember, Rachel's losing her mind. Like, from whatever happened, it's gotten to her. She can't take it anymore. So she's running away. Her parents are chasing her. And Rachel ends up having a nervous breakdown. Nobody knows why she's acting like this. So they institutionalize her immediately. Jeez. Oh, yeah. So she's there for a while. But upon release... She is taken directly to the police station. You want to know why? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> so apparently on her first day in the institution, Rachel said, quote, we stabbed her. So as soon as she gets into the institution, she's like, I, we did it. Like, I, we stabbed her. Oh, God. Now, let me tell you how bad a friend Sheila is, okay? Right, we hate her. We hate Sheila because... She's just out there living her best life. One friend is missing, and another is going crazy in an institution. And she doesn't give a shit. And Sheila's tweeting. And she's tweeting, literally tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't care. So, Rachel tells the cops everything. She even shows them where to find the body, which is in the little town they drove to. So they locate the body. They do not report it to the media. They do tell the parents... They're keeping it on the down low because they need more evidence to get Sheila. Which I find ridiculous because Rachel's literally telling them what happened. Right. But because lovely laws in this country, they need evidence, right? They don't say anything for two months. Two whole months. After they find the body? Yes. So what? Sheila's still out there living it up and tweeting. So remember we said she's out there tweeting, right? She tweeted that she missed her BFF Skylar so much. Why would you tweet that if you know what happened? Psycho. psycho. She's a psycho. Psycho, literally. So Rachel tells police what happened. Warning, it's going to get a little graphic. So if you want to skip ahead, go right ahead. I don't blame you. Come back to listen to the rest of the story. Here's what happened. They drove to this remote location 
to smoke. When they get to the re uh, remote location, they get out of the car and walk towards the front of the car. They tell Skylar that they both forgot a lighter. So of course, Skylar turns to get hers out of the car. And Sheila and Rachel count one, two, three, and attack. They stabbed her more than 50 times. What the hell? So this isn't like just, I mean, this is like two psychos. It's, yeah, they thought about it. And it's personal because 50 times. So Rachel says that Skylar fought hard, but eventually they overpowered her. The two proceed to bury her. Apparently the ground was so dense that they couldn't even dig deep enough. So what they end up doing, they just cover her with leaves, tree limbs, and any debris they find. Which to me is like even worse because it just shows how much they didn't care about this yeah. girl they planned this so they were prepared they had been planning this for months they brought clean clothes cleaning supplies and of course a shovel to dig they each brought their own kitchen knives how thoughtful wash themselves in a creek uh -huh. <laughs> this is off topic but i was watching a movie the other day and they said crook like down by the crook or something and, and it was <laughs> I've heard that before <laughs> and it was creek <laughs> and i tried like, hard not to say people it people in texas they say um okay so crayon right that's how is that how you say it yeah crayon? okay crayon. well down here it's crowns oh no or um crayon i've heard crayon which but both are wrong obviously <laughs> crayon is obviously the winner but <laughs> but crowns uh, shout out to my friend Matthew. oh my god crowns is not not it baby <laughs> so they go to this creek uh wash up change her clothes and sheila lovely sheila actually referenced the night in a tweet i quote the queets the queet <laughs> you queet queef what <laughs> the queet <laughs> It was a quote tweet. That's quote tweet. Queet. The quote says, we really did go on three. Ugh. She had fun. She had fun. She had so much fun. She had a tweet about it, right? Oh, I hate her. I hate her so much. Okay. She's a psycho. They both are in the end. They both are, okay. but... Yes, now they both are. But Sheila, sure. she's conniving. She's trying to be part of it. And then, ugh. So why did they do it? Rachel said they didn't like her. That was her response. That's it. That's it. They didn't like her. She, she, she is stealing a boyfriend or money. But here's the chisme. You ready? Yeah. Police dig a little deeper because there's got to be some type of motive, right? A boy... Um, maybe she did something to them. Fucked with her dad, right? Yeah, something, right? Apparently, Sheila and Rachel may have been a little more than friends. And one night, Skylar walks in on them. And the reason they know this is because she wrote about it in her journal. That's motive. I don't think they ever bring that to trial, but they do ask the girls about it, and they both deny it. That's not a reason to kill people. Come on. Not at all. Not. And this is 2012. So it's not like it's 1922. I mean, like, it's... Fairly recent. Yeah. yeah. 
but we don't know their family life so we can't say anything i mean she still hung out with them it's not like she hated them or anything i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah so eventually they do find blood in the trunk of sheila's car and she's finally arrested did she tweet be right back (laughs) going to jail no her tweet would have been more like brb at cracker barrel getting arrested because they arrested her at cracker barrel Oh, no. I hope that was before she got her pancakes. I don't know, but they got her. They got her. And uh, so Sheila pled guilty to one count of kidnapping and murder. She was sentenced to life in prison with a chance of parole after no less than 15 years. She showed no emotion at trial or her sentencing. What happened to old girl Rachel? Oh, girl Rachel pled guilty as well to murder in the second degree okay. because she worked with police she was only sentenced 30 years in prison i don't think that's enough but whatever she's eligible for parole after 10 years what? so it's almost oh, 10 no. years oh hell no oh, okay no, baby. <laughs> so unlike sheila rachel did show a huge amount of sympathy during the trial And she even wrote a nice little apology letter to the family. People say it was all BS. And here's why. Because she was trying her best to be tried as a juvenile, Mm -hmm. which I believe she did end up getting. They were so close to 18, eventually they go to adult prison anyway. Right. And here's the crazy thing. They're both in the same adult penitentiary, which is not that big in West Virginia. And I'm not familiar with prison life, so I don't know, but these girls are glammed the hell up in their mugshots. Uh, They have full faces of makeup, their hair is curled, and they're smiling. It looks like they're having a great time in jail. And they get to be together. So that's pretty freaking awful. But that's That's what they put them together. It's like it's like a punishment. Like you should be with your friend that murdered i don't understand exactly i don't get it either and it it pisses me off but karma i believe in karma that was the story of skylar niece may she rest in peace yeah i actually heard that story like a long time ago but i've never forgotten it because i can't imagine ever hating somebody enough to stab them 50 times like i just i a true psychopath has only has the ability to do that so are you familiar with slender man unfortunately yes <laughs> um my boys eli and desi they are um well i think their cousins introduced it to them on youtube so my oldest would get scared that slender man was around so and i had to explain to him multiple times that it's not real but he still believed so wait so slender man's still popular yeah no way. Okay, so I know there's like a video game, so maybe that's why. But yeah, I think a movie came out too, like a couple of years ago, maybe. Yes, I did watch that movie. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty awful. And you know what? He looks like the Baba Duke. Do you ever see that movie? I have not. I heard of it though. <laughs> that's a good movie. I like it. But that's who he looks like, the Baba Duke. All right. So this is a case that most people know. Uh, it's called the. It was all over the news, and social media and everything. It was in 2014, I think. 
It was called The Slender Man Stabbing. The girls in the last story were teenagers, probably like 16, 17. Well, these girls are 12 and my niece is 12 and I can't imagine. Like, so we have Peyton Lutner, who is the victim. And then we have Morgan Geyser and Anissa Weir. I don't care if I say their names correctly because they don't deserve their names to be said correctly. According to their principal, they're pretty well behaved in school. They never gave any problems. Just all around good little girls, so we thought. They've been friends for a, a few years. They met in fourth grade, which I think, I don't know, how old are you in fourth grade? Like 10? They're having a sleepover uh, for Morgan's birthday. So they're at Morgan's house. So this is May 30th, 2014. Peyton became friends with Morgan in fourth grade because she said she was a loner and she didn't have a lot of friends. So Anissa comes in later as a new student and she gets close to Morgan. So now we have the three girls. We know how that goes. Morgan and Anissa get close because they're a little bit darker. And by darker, I mean little weirdos. So Anissa discovers Slenderman on the creepypasta wiki page. They become obsessed with Slenderman and they truly believe that he exists. Do kids still believe in Slenderman? Yeah, kids still believe in Slenderman. Um, my oldest, Eli, he started getting into that with his cousins. They started watching videos, but also like the kids at school would talk about it. We went through this whole thing where I was like, he is not real. He's not coming to get you. Just he had to learn that, that not everything on YouTube is real. Well, I know they have like a lot of games. There's the Slenderman game because the kids at work are always talking about it. There's books and stories and comic books and like people are obsessed with Slenderman. Mostly kids, but there's adults too that are like literally true believers love Slenderman. And then there's some people too that view him like as a demon, which is kind of what it sounds like with these girls. Cause like mm -hmm. they want to prove that he exists and they want to prove their loyalty to him so that they could become his proxies and live in his Slenderman mansion. How do they do this? They kill someone. Later when police are interviewing the girls, Morgan tells them that since she was three years old, she's hallucinated. And she sees ghosts. So she truly believed Slenderman was real and probably even hallucinated him. According to her, he demanded that she kill her best friend to save the lives of her own. Because she was closer to Anissa, I'm guessing that's how they picked Peyton. Poor little Peyton. So the night of the sleepover, they plan to tape Peyton's mouth and stab her in the neck and leave. Because they're 12 and it was late. Apparently, they were too tired to carry out the act. I say BS because they're 12 and clearly they chickened out. Sounds like it. <laughs> but then again, if this was uh, like my friend Janet, I would believe it because she's knocked out by like 9 o'clock. So <laughs> she probably wouldn't be able to commit a murder either that time. <laughs> Think of yourself at 12. Like I was afraid to literally do anything, let alone stab somebody. Like <laughs> I know for sure. That's true. Yeah, I wouldn't even be able to walk to the corner by myself. Okay. <laughs> so according to Morgan, they let Peyton have another morning. Here. When you get a chance, I want you to look up these interviews with these two little girls. The one with Morgan, her mm -hmm. answer, she's literally a little Michael Myers. Like, she's scary in the way she talks. She has 
no emotion like it's it's pretty freaky so she she says yeah. things like that like she was like we let her have another morning isn't is there um isn't there like an hbo documentary because i think i have seen some of these interviews there's a and... few documentaries yeah i've watched a few of them and they do have the interviews on there because they're so weird these little girls the way they talk like they're so the two girls come up with a second plan they say that they're gonna stab peyton in a bathroom at a local park because this particular bathroom has drains and the blood will drain into the drain. How thoughtful. Okay. But also, remember, they're at a slumber party. Poor little Peyton's probably having a great time and these two girls are like, okay, what's the plan? Like, they're literally right. talking about killing her. Like, seriously, like, oh, let's, uh, let's kill her in the bathroom at the park. Oh, Peyton, do you want popcorn? Like, how weird. <laughs> how freaking weird. Okay. So, it gives me, like, the heebie-jeebies thinking about that. I got the chills, but it's probably because it's cold. Okay. So, gotcha. Gotcha. It's so cold in Chicago today. Okay, let's not forget, these girls are 12, but they're worried about making a mess, right? So what they end up doing is they go to bed. They let her live another day, like Morgan said, whatever. So the next day, May 31st, they wake up and they decide to go play in a nearby park. I believe the park's name was David's Park. Isn't David a saint? Uh, Probably. Ooh. You can literally say any name. I, you know, I was, I was trying to think back on my Catholic uh, <laughs> That's training. That's why I asked I, you. I'm blinking. <laughs> I want to say yes, because I feel like any anyone could be a saint. So, yeah. I agree, yeah. So they go into the woods at this park and they decide they want to play hide and seek. So Anissa tells Peyton, so I'm guessing Morgan is the seeker and Anissa and Peyton are trying to hide. So Anissa tells her to lay down on the ground and cover herself with leaves. But then Anissa gives Morgan a command and while poor little Peyton is down there covered with leaves, Morgan just attacks her. So warning, warning, warning to my listeners. Skip ahead if you don't want to hear the gruesome part. So Morgan attacks her with a five-inch long kitchen knife. She stabbed her 19 times and all over in the arms, the legs, the torso. So two of the wounds were to major organs and one missed a major artery of Peyton's heart by less than a millimeter. Uh I think a doctor said like the width of a hair. If, right. it, if the knife would have went that much further, it would have hit a major artery and she would have died like within seconds. So Peyton was in shock. Thank God, though. Thank God she went into shock because she said she doesn't remember the pain. She doesn't remember the pain and she honestly doesn't remember like everything happening. Bodies are pretty cool in that sense that she went into shock and didn't have to feel all of that. But man. Mm-hmm adrenaline and yeah and she probably couldn't even see that it was morgan because she's covered so the two girls said they were gonna go find her help they didn't give a shit they they did not care they had their plan they were gonna go find the mansion so they just leave they leave her there and um they had no intention of finding help for her so eventually Peyton gains enough energy and she crawls to a nearby road where a cyclist finds her and he finally calls 911. She survived and... 19 stabs? Like, wow. Yes. And um, she spent about a week in the hospital, which to me is not that long for what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, she went back to school that September 
So like the this happened in May and then she was back in school in September. Like mentally, I don't know how she could do it. I I I I would take my child and move. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. They do catch the girls right away. Um, Morgan and Anissa were found near the interstate. The knife they used was in a bag they were carrying along with, I think they had like snacks and some clothes. And I think Anissa had put a picture of her family in the bag. Oh, they were ready to go. Oh yeah. They were ready to move into Slenderman Mansion. Morgan, who feels no empathy. Like I said, you need to watch the video. Like it's, it's scary. It's scary. Yeah. Just no empathy. Like the uh, the cop asks her at one time, like, does she feel set? Like, does she feel bad about it? Nope, she doesn't. But Anissa felt extremely guilty, but still stood by the fact that this had had to happen to appease Slenderman. Right there, these girls are crazy. According to the girls, Anissa was the one who introduced Morgan to Slenderman. The detective asked, oh, this is what I wanted to tell you. The detective asks if she feels bad about stabbing her best friend. And her response was, quote, I thought about it, but then I decided that remorse would get me nowhere. It's easier to live without regrets, end quote. This is a 12-year-old. That's on that Pinterest board. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> no, and... regret. <laughs> no regret. No regret. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, but she's 12, and that's exactly how she talks. And it's weird. I think mm. it's weird. And she, like, doesn't care. Like, she's just sitting there swinging her foot. Like, she just does not care. Or both girls were found not guilty. But for good reason. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, 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 yes. For good reason. Because I think it's, it said not guilty by mental disease or defect. The insanity card. Yes. But they were Which, evaluated. Okay, but... And both girls were said to have mental disorder. I don't know. Do you think mm. after reading, like, all that Slenderman stuff, could it have brainwashed them? Or did these two I girls... Think, yeah, I think children are impressionable for sure. They can definitely get obsessed with things, you know? I think the parents probably should have picked up on that. How did you get, let your child get so obsessed with this? Yeah, I mean, especially to the point where I'm sure they were talking about it, like, all the time. And I understand, like, you know, they or who was saying, or imagining that they were going to live with this person or he was going to kill their families or whatever. But, but you know, there was still a point where they're still planning all of it. There should still be some personal accountability as well. Exactly. Morgan actually, when she was evaluated by a psychiatrist, was found to suffer from schizophrenia, which apparently her father also suffered from. So here's the sentencing. So Anissa was sentenced to 25 to life with at least three years locked in confinement and involuntary treatment in a state psychiatric institution, as well as communal supervision until the age of 37. Morgan was sentenced 40 years to life, involving three years locked confinement in addition to involuntary treatment in a state psychiatric institution until complete resolution of symptoms or until age 53, whichever came first. But if you're schizophrenic, that's just not going to yeah. go away. What came up with these numbers? 37, 53? I don't know. And I have a huge problem with life sentences because apparently a life sentence is not your whole life. And I recently found that out. It's only like a certain amount of years. Mm-hmm. But, like in this case, these two girls are mentally incapable of living in the real world. A judge would have to be insane to let them out. So they're not in prison, right? They're just at a facility? So as of right now, 
as of right now, I believe they're still at a facility. It's wild. It's wild. It's crazy. Watch your kids, please. I was actually, while you were talking, I was looking up um, what Peyton looks like today. That's uh, insane. I haven't seen any recent interviews. I've seen, like, after the incident, her as a kid. She just... She she never like says she hates them. Feels She's sorry. a better person than them for sure. Oh, definitely, and I am glad she is a survivor because that's just wild. It's a wild story. But yeah, be careful with whatever your kids are looking at online because you just never know. On YouTube, there's a history part. You can keep track of all the stuff your kids are watching. And really, yeah, because yeah Eli he uh he was watching some some scary stuff uh like uh not like super super scary but you know the monsters in the sea or something and then he was convinced that you know there were sea monsters out there um there are sea monsters out there for those of you that are listening (laughs) (laughs) Nessie she's out there I I yeah ooh I will talk about Nessie one day no, I truly, <laughs> truly think there are some weird things going on down there. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in the ocean we can't explain for, but this particular, it was this particular water monster that once you found it in the sea, it would show up in puddles, like when in like, oh. you know, just walking in your town or something. Oh, wow. So like another Slender Man story. Yeah, and so he was afraid that uh, that, that was going to happen to him. So and I had to talk to him about that. That reminds me of, so when we were kids, did you and your family used to watch the X-Files? Yes. So I loved X-Files. And honestly, now that I think about it, X-Files is probably why I'm into what I'm into. But there was an episode that scared the crap out of me. Like literally. It was this sea creature. This is gross. But like, yeah, it was a sea creature and it was it was a guy. He, well, obviously a guy. But he was like all white because he came from the sea and he looked disgusting. And... He came, somehow he got sucked up through a porta potty. Do you remember this episode? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> oh, it was terrifying. And for like weeks, I was afraid to sit on the toilet. Like, <laughs> I got to find this episode and show you I the picture. I feel like it's less scary now that you said he got sucked up through a porta potty. I just remember that one scene, like, <laughs> that they were like trying to clean the porta potties, and that's how they clean them. They suck everything out into like these giant tanks. And I remember yeah. he was in the porta potty and it sucked him in. Oh, that scared me so bad. Yeah, so those were the stories about best friend murder. So please, if you don't like me, don't murder me. Just don't talk to me. Uh, <laughs> I'll survive. I'll be too tired to murder you. I'll oh, be like... okay. <laughs> All right, so um, I want to leave a portion um, at the end for my guests to share an experience or story. Doesn't have to do anything with what we've talked about. Anything creepy that you want to share with the listeners? Yeah, I have something. Yeah. Um, so I apologize in advance because the audio might not be too creepy. It's, it goes along with some pictures that I have. Uh, some friends and I, we went to New Orleans and it was my first time and we uh, went on a haunted walking tour, right? So there's a guide and he walks you all over French Quarter. We got to see the LaLaurie Mansion. Uh, we got to see this, uh, I believe it's, uh, it used to be an orphanage or a convent where people saw vampires live. That's a fun story. God, I want to um, go to New Orleans so bad. <laughs> like, I want to live there. It is such a fun town. One of the interesting places that we went to uh, was called Muriel's, which is a restaurant today, but previously it was this giant home in the French Quarter. So it did go through a few owners 
this house. But then it finally went to this man whose name is Pierre Antoine Leparty Jardin. Oh, Leparty, we French. <laughs> The story from the guide was he was a rich man. His biggest vice was gambling. So he loved to gamble. One night, he gambled way more than what he expected to. He actually gambled his house. He lost his house. He had to come home, tell his wife. Rather than be evicted, he killed himself on the second floor of the house. That man pride. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> You'll soon see that this man is stubborn. <laughs> Even in the afterlife... Um, so I was told that when they opened up the restaurant, they started having some paranormal things going on. They would find that the chairs, when they, you know, put them on the table at the end of the night, were being pushed over. Glasses from the bar being thrown, falling, breaking. So they brought in a, a psychic and the psychic was like, well, y'all are having a party every night. You know, it's a restaurant. Did so they say y'all? <laughs> Did they say y'all in New Orleans? Mm, probably not. <laughs> I knew that. it. It was you. <laughs> They said, you guys, no, you guys. <laughs> no, say y'all, it's better. So the owners of the restaurant were like, hmm, okay, how do we appease this ghost? Apparently the ghost did not like everyone partying at his house. What happened was <laughs> in the back corner of the restaurant, there's a little table for two. There's some bread, some wine, and actually you can choose to sit back there. It's called Dinner with a Ghost. So that's where my story comes in or where I come in. We're on the street and there's kind of like a long hallway, but there's glass window, you know? So I'm taking pictures with my iPhone, not really thinking much, you know, just taking pictures. You just see all the way down the hallway, there's a table, chair, empty room right nothing so i look at my pictures i wanted to see Ooh, did i catch anything you know any orbs or a face nothing i came home and my husband is looking through the pictures what i didn't realize probably because i was too drunk the whole weekend but <laughs> they were all live photos so if you push down on them like a tiny video yes i so, love i love live photos yeah so then we're going through them and i'm starting to see something and what i see is a figure like i said i'll i'll give this to to Lore to post you see a chair and a table and then just very quickly like in a blink it's almost like a woman wearing a very long floor-length dress i've seen She's this walking. video right yeah. Is it a reflection of somebody? But then right. you look at what she's wearing, and there's no way somebody would wear that down on in New Orleans. <laughs> and you can see in the reflection, because remember, I'm looking through a glass window. So you can see in the reflection, people walking behind me. They're not that same ratio. Yeah. So I'm looking down a hallway, and the figure is about the same ratio as, you know, the table and chair. You can see, like, the shadows of people walking behind you, but they don't look anything like that. I go to the next picture, click the live photo, nothing there. Go to the next picture, click the live photo, and then all of a sudden, that same figure in the same dress, she's there for, like, a split second, and then she goes right back out. I'm thinking, is this a ghost? Did I capture a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> and I was so excited because you can see that ghost in two different pictures, and then in between there's a, a picture where there's nothing there, right? right? I'm convinced it's a ghost dressed up, you know, from that period of time, maybe like the late 1800s. I'm proud of myself for capturing <laughs> that ghost. <so>. I <laughs> am proud of that video too. I mean, you clearly can see that that person doesn't fit in 
this time that we live mm-hmm. in and just the way it moves and it's a goat and, I, and yeah. it's really cool and if you can and give me permission i would love to post that because it's a really cool video i really want to go to new orleans and do all the scary stuff the creepy stuff um, there are so i mean so many stories all the haunted stories and there's one the andrew jackson hotel that has their their children ghosts from what i've been told Okay, so, but I, I'm scared of children ghosts, though. No, I know. But <laughs> these but they, these are, like, they're mischievous. So That's why I'm scared. That I was told by the guide was newlyweds on their honeymoon, and they woke up to Cartoon Network being played. And as they stood up, they saw kids laughing, watching the cartoons, and as soon as they were noticed, TV went off, the ghosts are gone, oh, everything. Oh, hell no. Uh-uh. First of all, home, the scariest part is the marriage part, but I would die if <laughs> I saw it. that. I would die if I saw that. Well, here's, here's I think, what's scarier. They came home looking through their pictures, and they found pictures of themselves sleeping in bed. <gasps> no, don't tell me that. <laughs> oh, my God, that's my worst fear. Don't tell me that. <laughs> now I have the chills, and I, I'm literally going to pee in my pants. Terrifying. Children are terrifying, so I'm assuming ghost children are even more terrifying oh i told you i am so scared i don't want i never want to see a little kid ghost i would freak so bad thanks for that story that's uh a good story and hopefully you can uh well i think i have it in my phone already um i'll post that on my instagram just search creepy cheese and you can uh see that video that regina made of it's really cool well thank you for joining me thank you um, for having me I had so much fun with you. (laughs) And you will be back again because I'm forcing you. (laughs) Uh, Please have me back. (laughs) Yes. So, yes, please come back and join me. Maybe your husband, John, can join us too. Mm, No. John, if you're listening, no. (laughs) John, I'll message you personally, okay? (laughs) All right. um, It's going to get bad. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I love this show. (laughs) And uh, I hope your listeners love it too. Well, thanks for tuning in. And a huge thanks to my BFF for not murdering me yet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and But seriously, no, thanks for being on with me. I would love for you to come back and join me again. Please do. And to the rest of you, remember to rate, comment, subscribe, bookmark me, add me to your podcast library all that jazz. And uh, most of all, share this episode online or with someone you know who loves true crime. That would mean a lot to me. So thank you. Thank you. Um, Gracias por escuchar y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, stay creepy.